0: Welcome to episode 14 of your favorite podcast, the Grower Die Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Mahaley, alongside my co-host, Scott Simmons. Today, we talk about intensity. Why is intensity important? How does intensity translate to your sex life in the bedroom? How does intensity correlate to more professional earnings, more professional um, success? How does intensity correlate everywhere? Why is it important? And this intro doesn't quite summarize how deep and intense this conversation gets. So put your helmets on, buckle up, and be ready to face some cold, hard truths. I think you're going to love this one. I'll see you inside. The mentality of intensity. When, when, when I say intensity, I, I wonder what that means to you. I wonder what you think of. Hopefully you think of me. That would be ideal.
1: The Mr. Intensity. Guy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's kind of what, what the, my entire brand has been yeah. based upon is intensity. I wonder what you think of when you hear intensity, why does intensity matter? What's so great about intensity? I've always, I, I guess viewed it after my time in the NFL and, and um uh, in collegiate athletics. I viewed intensity a lot differently than I think most people did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a pretty cool story. Let's hear it. I'll tell you, I think, I think people are going to find it really neat. So, uh, you know, I was interning for the Cincinnati Bengals mm-hmm. and dude, they were crushing it. Mm-hmm. And we had a Monday night game against um, Pittsburgh Steelers I was down there before the game and the, like the division was riding on this game. Like these were the top two teams in division. And I believe if I remember right, the next week was the wild card round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And the winner of this game got home field advantage next week. Okay. So like everything's on the line yep. and we're in Paul Brown stadium. Like Cincinnati hasn't been this amped up or rejuvenated since the reds were winning the world series. Like this shit was next level. And I remember all week in practice, it was laser focus. It mm-hmm. was, I forget who we played the week before. Um, but, I was shocked. We, we, we barely sneaked out that dub. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say we because I was actually part of the fucking team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We barely squeaked out that dub. And then we went on. The, and like as soon as that game was there was no celebration. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, you feel like guys were kind of holding back in the game because like next week's Pittsburgh. Like oh, they don't want to hurt themselves. Or they don't want to yeah, over exaggerate. Yeah. yeah. Next week's where you make your cash. Yep. You know, and in the NFL, everything's different. You know, in college, you're playing football to win games and, you know, winning games mm-hmm. is like cool and like fun. And then you move up the rankings and, you know, you get attention from pretty females mm-hmm. and people start recognizing who you are. The NFL starts talking to you. It's so like winning games in college is pretty casual. Yeah. Like I, I can't yeah. lie. Um, even at the huge schools, it's pretty yeah. casual. I went to a pretty big school, you know, we're, we're, you know, university of Cincinnati. Like they have a very good, you know, football program here of recent and you no know, winning in the NFL. It's a way of life. Well, it's like a bit. It's a business. It's everything. Yeah. Like it, I can't stay on this podcast. I can't say to you in words what the winning means. Like you would have to go down into the locker room mm-hmm. and you would have to be in this position. I, I, I have fucking chills thinking about this shit. Yeah. Be like, like you don't understand. Like this isn't... It's not you outscored the other team. Mm -hmm. It's really not about that. It's so much deeper. And I think that's why you see the older teams or the more veteran teams doing a lot better Mm -hmm. Uh, or a good combination. Sure. You need to have young guys who understand how to win, like the Chiefs. You know, Patrick Mahomes understands how much winning means. Yeah. you need to have some old guys who've been there and done that because those are the ones who set the tone. Because once you win and you start winning, you start getting really good. It's not dissimilar from life. It's like, that's the only expectation. Mm-hmm. And there's only like one place to go, but you also, I've referenced this before with my Mr. Ohio win. Now you know what it takes to do that. Yeah, and yeah. You understand the sacrifice takes go into that. Yep. So man, we're going to Pittsburgh. And I remember, you know, we were there all day, just getting guys ready, being available for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it was high tension. <sighs> yeah okay my heart was pounding all day you're just like <laughs> trying not to fuck up yeah. like honestly yeah um so w- we're getting close to the game ESPN shows up they're setting up you see everybody the players go out on the field the first time coaches stayed back we had someone running in like yo shit's not going well and we're like oh shit! like what's happening like are we needed out there and they're like dude I, I don't know i would just stay back here because the two teams the sealers went on the field a little bit before uh-huh. they were supposed to yeah and so they saw each other and
1: there were some, some words, there was some heat <laughs> being oh, exchanged.
0: Yeah. And you know, this isn't like normal, this isn't just like normal beef, man. Like again, like this is these guys careers. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to lose their job over losing today. Yeah. And it better not fucking be you. Yeah. Cause it's someone's fault. Yep. All right. It's l- losing and winning is a direct result of somebody's action.
1: Someone's going to fumble.
0: Someone's going to throw an
1: interception. You're going to,
0: you're going to miss a tackle. Yep. You're going to miss an assignment. Mm. You're, whatever it is. Someone's going to lose it job today mm-hmm. and someone's also going to get a fat fucking paycheck <laughs> off of what they do yep. on this field for the next four quarters yep and everyone knows you know what's on the line okay. and the coaches as well someone's gonna get fired after this game yeah and someone's gonna get a fat fucking paycheck after this game mm-hmm. it's a cross imagine your whole life and you know how much control do you have over that mm-hmm. you're one of 11 guys on the field at a time yeah dude That's what I was thinking about. So when I talk about trust, Mm -hmm. you've never seen trust to this level. Mm -hmm. You might think you trust somebody. I might think I trust somebody. You've never seen this level of trust. Well, that guy's got to make sure that you don't lose your job. And they, yeah. I mean, you have, you have to have each other's back. You've never seen practice like this. You've never seen trust like this. And let me tell you, Marvin Lewis was a fucking coach. I know he, you know, he was underperforming many years, but that motherfucker had his dudes ready to play, and his dudes were going to run through a goddamn wall for him. Hmm. So everything calms down, players warmed up, players locked in, players ready to go, players get get dressed, full pads. Yep, we got ten minutes till game time. It's yep. about time to run out the tunnel, and uh, you know I got to run out of the tunnel super late, like nice. all the fucking interns back then. Yeah, back, nice. it, you know, it's it's time to go. Yeah, man. Some of the things that I heard in that locker room before they went on that field were things I would never repeat or things I would never say to my worst enemy. It was is that beyond like, hype.
1: Is that like that's talk internal
0: talk to make sure everybody's yeah. prepped
1: like mindset they're yeah. ready?
0: Okay. It's beyond mindset. I mean, this is war. Yeah. And I really don't like relating things to war. Mm hmm. There were times in that game where you wondered about the safety and the health of the people that wow. were playing in that game. Yeah. That was the hardest game I ever. That was the hardest sport. That, that's one of the biggest. That might be the biggest rivalry in in the NFL. Greater oh, it's in the, the NFL, and the okay.
1: Steelers. How's it compared to Ohio State and Michigan? Was that different?
0: In the NFL, that might be the Ohio State Michigan. Okay. I mean, you know, but that's also a moving target. Like for there for a while, it was Brady Manning. Like that was the Ohio State okay. Michigan. Okay. And, you know, now we see some, you know, like uh, uh, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, uh, Brady and Jackson. You know, we see Brady and Breeze. Nothing's quite like Brady Manning, but but the Bengals and Steelers. Mm-hmm. No, that's the game. Mm-hmm. That That's the game because those are the toughest. Those are two of the toughest teams in football. Even this last year, the Bengals sucked. They were tough. Yeah, they're getting after it, man. There were some hits. There was there were some things going on. I mean, there's guys coming off the field just throwing up bloody nose, bloody everything. Just fucking putting it all out there. Fucked up, dude. Man, when you're a part of something like that, it changes what you think intensity (laughs) is for real. Because, you know, I bring it to a podcast. Yeah, I bring it to lifting weights. I bring it to my client responses. I -hmm. bring it to the stage. They're bringing it to like like. They wanted to kill each other. Yeah. Straight the fuck up. Their ceiling is straight up higher. Vontez Burfitt, his goal was he did not have good intentions that day. Yeah. Drake Kirkpatrick, he did not have good intentions that day. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys did not have fair intentions whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But when the other guys are there too, you're either going to lose your job or you're about to be a city hero. Yeah. And it rides on this one right here. We lost the game. Oh shit. You go down in the locker room, dude, I just I I have chills just playing all this shit back. It seems like a lifetime ago. You go down into the locker room. You've never heard a more quiet place in your life. You've never felt more animosity. Really? You've never seen grown men with this emotion. There was so much emotion, there's no words, there's not even anger. It's they were disgusted with themselves. Mm. They would have done anything for that game. Mm-hmm. They would have left everything they had. Was it an upset game? No, it was no. so an absolute good fight. Dude, it was like a two or three point, somewhat like I think the Steelers might have been favored by like two or three. Okay, like it was tight. Yeah, that was a beast, man. Wow, that was that was an absolute monster. That,
1: that just tells me that the, that the intensity factor we're talking about. Yeah, people have certain ceilings of intensity. Yeah. And you kind of don't know
0: what the other person's ceiling is. You have no idea what that ceiling is. But when that ceiling is your, when your back's against the wall, and I think that's what's hard for fitness. That's what's hard for me telling my clients about or telling just a person listening to us about. Mm -hmm. You have no idea. Yeah. I'm not talking about making a choice for intensity. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about beyond just your life and like waking up tomorrow has to be the utmost intensity you can possibly bring that's when the sh- that's when shit changes mm-hmm. like your own your only source of life is beyond oxygen and water and food sure. it is intensity yeah like how hard can i go and how perfect can i go that hard how long can i go that hard okay for? how much harder than this person can I go? Mm. And everyone has, there's 22 guys on the football field and 22 guys have that mentality. Yeah. You understand how special you have to be. To what happens? Did it ever, did you ever see
1: any instances where one guy or maybe a coach or maybe like mm. an intern even uh, was a little more complacent than the other? Oh my God. Yeah. What did the more
0: intense person for this conversation not do good, to that not person? Not good things. <laughs> not good things. again, There's locker room. Sure. There's some things that should say in the locker room because people can't accept that. That's the reality. Yeah. And people also can't wrap their minds around. They can't wrap their minds around what it means. So what I'm talking about is the extreme. Mm -hmm. Sure. Like we're talking about NFL your, your lifestyle mm-hmm. and people think NFL and they think, you know, like TV and lights and flashy sure, cars sure, and money, sure. dude, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let me tell you, yeah, the NFL ain't that. You <laughs> ever watched Ballers? Um, no, I haven't. But I think David just brought up the other night. You should watch it. Cause I would yeah. love to see how, like
1: how real how is. movie like yeah. star, like it's like, yeah. or how close it is to the reality. Cause it's people, pretty intense.
0: People only see Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. They only see Tom Brady. They only see. Terrell Owens yeah they only see those guys what about the other guys because you you might understand how the best player on a few teams function Mm -hmm. but you don't understand the level of which they're held to by their peers and the only reason they're successful is because they have 10 other guys on offense and 11 guys on defense who are holding them to to this standard Mm -hmm. of being there, like. NFL football is a true team sport winning the MVP like Patrick Mahomes did that. It's not Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. It's everyone around him. Mm-hmm. The coaches have to hold these athletes standard as well. So you want to talk about intensity? The coaches it's are completely next level. Yeah. Like they are off the fucking chart. So how does this relate to you? And how does this relate to fitness relationships, professional endeavors How does this relate to your whole overall life? Because I want you to understand that there's more you have. And I don't care if you think you're maxing that out. There's so much more that you have. I've seen what a human brain and a human body is capable of. And it's absolutely absurd. And I don't you know, we can't tap into 100 percent. Like it's mm-hmm. not possible to ever tap into 100 percent of what's possible mm-hmm. because there's still components that hold even the most elite people back. There's like LeBron's still not 100 percent tapped. Mm-hmm. It's just there's shit that holds these people back. I wonder about now, that ceiling he had, factor. He has times. Yeah. I remember playing Cavs versus Detroit. Pistons, Eastern Conference Finals, LeBron ripped 26 straight points off. The Cavs had no business being in that game. Wow. The Cavs won. He had 26 straight. Can you imagine? That's 100%. Yeah, you feel like you're on fire. Kobe dropping 81 points against the Knicks. That's, I mean, I mean, you know, <laughs> you're tapping. Unreal. In. Yeah, you're tapping into some shit. Yeah. But no one can just be there all the time. Yeah. But how do we get as close as we possibly can? And what does this mean for you? Number one. I want you to understand, and this is, I, ne- I need you to remind yourself of this. And if you take notes to my podcast, which, by the way, I really appreciate when y'all tell me you like take notes to my podcast. I like, that's say so that. fucking cool. That's, yeah, cool. that's absolutely I didn't know that. wild, huh? <sighs> how you do one thing is how you do everything. So this might sound really outlandish to some of you people. What I'm about to say might sound absolutely ridiculous. Does your training style elevate or belittle your mentality? Think about that. How you do one thing is how you do everything. If you're listening to my podcast, you're pretty serious about fitness. Mm-hmm. You're pretty serious about achieving some fitness goals, whether you're a competitor, whether you're a general health client. But you're also pretty serious about striving higher and further mentally and professionally, and hopefully spiritually as well. I don't have a lot of idiots that listen to my podcast, yeah. which I you know really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, it says a lot about us. It says a lot about the things that we've done. There's not a lot of idiots that follow my page. You notice whenever I get a stupid comment on my post... It's from someone who doesn't follow me. Yeah. They just found me through the explore page. And typically the
1: onslaught comes from
0: everybody else yeah. and not just you. Yeah. And then yeah. everyone else like yeah. fucking rails them me. Like this dude commented on my post the other day talking about, um, this logic, uh, talking about, uh, uh, why are we still taking muscle building, um, advice from people who've never built oh, any muscle. This. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, coming from that logic. Like why would you ever go to a doctor that doesn't have a six pack? Well, I go to a doctor that has diabetes. <laughs> Homie, what the fuck you mean? If I walk into a doctor's office looking the way I do and this dude has some fucking serious type 2 diabetes, guess where I'm I'm going home. Yep. Because I'm going to fix it myself because you can't tell me nothing because I truly believe how you do one thing is how you do everything. The standard you're holding to yourself is the standard you hold others to. And that is shown in your physical nature. Mm -hmm. I truly, truly, truly believe that. Mm Your, I can tell someone's mentality by looking at their physical appearance. This might sound very shallow to you. I can promise you it's not shallow whatsoever. I've been around a lot of elite people. Unfortunately, I've been around a lot of average people and I highly prefer being around elite people. You know what's funny? One of the things that I most appreciate about working with the Bengals is how fucking uncomfortable I felt for nine hours, six mm-hmm. days a week. Because when I was there, I felt extremely uncomfortable. In was the sense extremely of, insecure. Am I good enough to be here? Okay. Is this, like, I'm not on your guys' mental capacity. Yeah, We're not speaking the same language. Mm-hmm. Like, who do I talk to? Where do I go? What am I supposed to do? I felt so fucking uncomfortable. But because of that, I have what I have now. That was really uncomfortable. Like there were days that it felt it increased your me. ceiling. It increased my ceiling a ton. Yeah. But also when you see it happening in real life. Yeah. Y'all just see Patrick Mahomes throwing for six touchdowns on Sunday. Y'all haven't seen what he's done. Y'all haven't seen the five hours a day he's practicing.
1: Yeah. What was that uh, that Instagram post that was going around with Kobe right after he passed about how he's like there at four in the morning and just shooting?
0: Yeah, so that, that that that's a great story. Oh, I love that story. Um, so Kobe, I, I forget where it was. It was the night before a massive game, massive Lakers game. He hit up his trainer Tim Glover, and he said, "Yo." Meet me at the gym, I, meet me at the gym for mm-hmm. a workout in like 15 minutes. And Tim said it was like 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have a huge mm-hmm. night game, biggest game here. And Tim, so, you know, Tim's heading to the facility and he's thinking it's just a shoot around and Kobe did a full ass workout a full over 2 hour long drenched in sweat completely beat to shit after his workout. Mm-hmm. And that night they went and won. And you know I think Kobe had like 40 something. It's so cool. He was so prepared. Yeah. Kobe this is fucking intensity. Kobe had a team that he and Tim brought together to create and analyze live data reports and scouting reports for everyone who could potentially guard Kobe Bryant throughout the year. Kobe obsessively studied these. Yeah, and Tim said by the end of the year, Kobe can you can say any person's name who might have guarded him, and Kobe will tell you his full scouting report. Everything. Wow, that's fucking intense. That's That's relentless. Yeah, like you just want to step on their fucking throats. Yeah, and like that's what Kobe wanted to do. You want to see intensity? Look at Kobe. Yeah, because he's a poster child of intensity. He didn't want to beat you. Like beating you just wasn't good enough. Like the the Lakers went up 3-0 in the, in the NBA finals one year. And in the post-game conference, Kobe didn't even smile. That wasn't an act. You're, you've won three games, but you've won nothing yet. It takes fucking four to have a party. Yeah. And like their next game was at home where they hadn't lost in the playoffs. And Kobe wasn't smiling. And the reporters kept trying to ask him, like, are you happy? And Kobe's like, we haven't won anything yet. Hmm. Like he meant that. And that shows the difference. You know, there's some people who are sports reporters, and that's an amazing job. That was my dream job. Yeah. There's other people who are the ones that they're reporting about. And the mentality difference between the two is so vast. They can't, you guys can't see what they see. Mm -hmm. I can't see what they see. And I lived in it for a year and a half. It was a horrible year and a half, but I lived (laughs) in it for a year and a half. How you do one thing is how you do everything. If you're going into the gym and you leave reps in reserve every single set. When I'll satisfy your girl is at home <laughs> straight Serious. to the dome. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. You go to the gym, you'd leave it on the line. Yeah. Every single set, every rep with the intent to get better, not just to complete it, but to get better and adapt from that. You're there for one reason. I bet your girl's pretty satisfied at home. <laughs> 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 I bet you there's a direct Dude. correlation. I bet your boss is pretty fucking satisfied. Yeah. You know, I like how you do one things, how you do everything. Are you going above and beyond or are you just doing enough? Cause when you're constantly going above and beyond your life reflects it. So you don't need to ask yourself. You just need to look at the trajectory of your life recently. In the last six months, what's happened? How have things gone? Has things gotten better across the board or things gotten worse across the board? How do you train? How do you talk to people? How do you handle? handle your relationships with others. Because intensity, you can't turn it on or off. It's there and it's just on when you wake up first thing in the morning. It's something that you can learn. You can absolutely learn. But if you haven't put the practice in to learn it, then how can you apply anything? Because you're not actually educated on what intensity is and how you you relish that out of yourself. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Remember this, as we're speaking about this, intensity goes across the board at your job. Do you just do enough or do you go above and beyond? Do you over deliver an employee's intention and goal should always be to deliver more than they're paid? I truly believe that I do that with my clients. Each of my clients, I'm one of them, I'm, I'm, I'm their employee, (laughs) I'm their employee, but I'm I'm the boss at the same time. (laughs) When you hold yourself to a standard that is not based on value, it's not based on quantitative measurements. It's based on nothing but the quality of how fucking good can I get this done With what intent can I get this done with? So how accurate can I do this? That's when really special shit starts happening. So look back at your last six months. Look back at your last year. And I I want you to dive into it. Maybe even create a timeline. Create a timeline of your training progress. Create a timeline of your professional progress. Of your relationship progress. Of your friendships progress. Make a timeline of these things. Because I bet you. I bet you you'll find that the better you get in the gym doing things, the better you've gotten in your career, in your relationships, and in your friendships with doing things. How do you get better in the gym? Well, there's a thing called progressive overload, and it takes a lot of fucking intensity. Mm -hmm. That's how you get better in the gym. How do you get better in your career? By attacking every fucking day with intensity. You can't just go in and go through the fucking motions and expect to get a goddamn raise. Yeah. But that's not how this works. Yep. You can't find the woman of your dreams and just go up and like tap her on the shoulder and ask her, you know, super basic questions that a million other men have asked her and like expect to woo her off her or feet. Like, how no, do you got a fucking attack? How do you think a long term marriage works? Yeah, It just happen. Yeah. You got to work yeah. together. Lots of fucking intensity yeah. goes into this. The mentality of intensity. It's 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 a beautiful one, but it's a very unique one. You're always looking to attack there. You're always looking for the opportunity and you can teach yourself this. And it's it's a practice. I used to be a pretty passive little bitch. I can't lie. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I was pretty I visualize that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Right? Come a long <laughs> way. Thank oh, Motherfucking God. <laughs> I used to be pretty uh, like a pretty passive dude. I was just like, whatever happened, happened. Go through the motions. Like just flowing through life. And guess what I fucking achieved in six months? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Guess what I achieved year after year? Nothing. Like nothing happened. And then I was with the Bengals things changed. Mm-hmm. I was with UC and things changed. I started training people and things changed. I, I, I was training people, at LA fitness. And I realized, man, the clients who are working the hardest are getting the most results. Surprise. It doesn't sound that mind blowing, <laughs> does it? But that's to this day, seven and a half years later, here I am. The clients working the hardest are getting the best results. The clients who don't work very hard, don't get any results. It's intensity. It's motherfucking intensity. How do you think you win trophies? <laughs> Let me tell you, I didn't go through the motions on that stairmaster. Yeah. <laughs> you attack, you go with it. You have to find comfort in your dark place. You might be sitting there like, what's my dark place even mean? That's okay. That you're not behind at all. You're, you're actually, that you're part of a massive crowd. You're part of the majority that doesn't understand where their true dark place lies. What is a dark place? Well, you know, I kind of. My dark place is everything that's ever hurt me, all my pains, my anything from the past that you know, just maybe was unfair or that I wouldn't wish someone else to go through or was tough or, you know, where you felt rock bottom, all of your pains put together and they stew in here and they're just constantly stewing. And as more pains compile in your life, the stew just, you know, it's a bigger pot and it's a bigger uh, uh, product in there that you can just pull on. It's a file in your brain that you just pull on, but very rarely only when it's needed. If you have a dark place, you have extreme intensity because you've been able to find that you're able to control it. You're able to visualize it and you're able to, to utilize it whenever need be. And what's this look like? Well, Scott knows what my dark place looks like (laughs) when you pick up the 170 pound dumbbells and you're about to throw them over your head for as many as you can. I'm not in a good mental spot when Mm -hmm. I do that. You have to get to, you have to get, you have to be pretty comfortable with yourself and pretty secure with your current you know, situation in life to be able to pull that shit up. But I sit down, I grab those dumbbells, I start thinking about shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I start thinking about my high school girlfriend who left me <laughs> on my birthday <laughs> for another dude. Oh my god. He was her best friend. <laughs> wow. I start thinking about shit that happened with my dad. I start thinking about shit that happened with my whole family. Started thinking about when my parents would just scream and yell at each other.
1: It makes me think of the episode with Mark Dominic Yeah. Because Mark was talking about his. Yeah. His his moment. He said he can feel like his insides working. Yeah. That kind yeah. Of absolutely.
0: Oh my God. You can. You are with. You are inside. I think he your said your you body. can feel your organs moving. <laughs> you literally can feel every blood cell traveling through your fucking body. Yeah, yeah. I think about Mr. Barhorse telling me that if I moved away from Springfield that nothing's ever going to work out for you, Justin. I remember that. I think about it. I think about my college track coaches telling me I wasn't good enough. I think about them doubting me. I think about the way that all of these people made me feel, and I just let it pile up. And it becomes so overwhelming to where there's this massive, like tingling sensation of fire going throughout your entire body. And that's when you know it's, it's time to go. So, you know, it always takes about the same amount of time. I always go through the same paces to get there but man once you're fucking there it is a very interesting place to be it sounds pretty important
1: yeah to be able to control this
0: oh you had to be able to control it i haven't always been good at controlling it because i feel like all of the ego strength
1: yeah all of the adversity someone would go through yeah i could see that happening where that's gonna overtake them yeah and that's how somebody goes down a bad path yeah whereas you know if you can just like you're talking about tapping into
0: that level of control that's going to be a really important practice it sounds like for this kind of instance and you know the sets i don't do it every time no you don't but you know the sets that i do it it's a big one and then i oh it's a big big one you know something's about to go down (laughs) you know the sets when i do it and i get done and I just fucking yell. You go, fuck yes. <laughs> it was that 315 yeah. overhead press. Yeah, 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 yeah. The 315 overhead press was a big one. Yep. Yeah. It's because that dark place didn't just disappear. It's like you come back and you snap back to reality and you brought back some of the emotions from you. You just got to get it out. Yep. It's not always about the weight. It's about conquering the weight for sure because you just overcame another measure of adversity. Every time you channel in there, you overcome your own adversity that you set in front of yourself of having all of these negative emotions. And you allow them to come to the forefront to complete this goal and this purpose. And the goal and the purpose is now completed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this sometimes the, the overwhelming emotion doesn't just leave with it. Um, after my last 170, on the 170 dumbbells um, and that, that 1500, pound leg press, I had fucking tears in my eyes when I was done with the set. Yeah. And I was like, "Man, was that from the emotion or was that from the set? Is that just hard, motherfucking sets?" And I was like, "I just yeah. sometimes you don't know. Yeah. You truly don't know." And a lot of people, you know, bringing up all these, all of these skeletons that are in your closet can be really painful, and they, you know, they can be really, really, really tough. But that's why, Scott, like Scott said, you have to learn to channel them. There's a time and a place. You don't use it for bicep curls. Mm-hmm. You use it for something that's, I mean, honestly, man, when, you, yeah, when you're military pressing 315 from a dead stop, 170 pound, I mean, that's kind of life or death type shit. Yeah. But man, if you fuck up, you can fuck yourself yeah. Up yeah, permanently. Yeah. yeah. Big for time. sure. And like, that's kind of where you tap into it. You've got, it truly is a mind over matter situation, even though that doesn't really you know, come close to striking the chord It actually is. So mm-hmm. some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have no fucking idea. I've got some clients in mind who I know listen to every word of every podcast who so I know they, they know what this means. Mm-hmm. A big thing Megan and I related over. Yeah. Was that uh, the first time I ever saw her really travel there in the gym, I pushed her there Yeah. and she like went there and she absolutely crushed. She just fucking dominated your eyes changed a little bit. Sure. You know, you're a little bit evil mm-hmm. and like, it's kind of fun. Mark yeah, and I yeah. talked about that too. I remember
1: I, s- I snapped a pic of you and I remember you were like, I look like
0: devil. <laughs> Dude, you have it, some pics of me yeah, that make me right feel really moment. uncomfortable when yeah. I fucking
1: pick them up. Cause so I'm like, <sighs> cause you probably don't even remember that moment. No, that much. no, no. And yeah.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what sucks about it is you don't really remember actually doing it. Like the, the five sixty safety yep. bar squat. <clears throat> Dude, that video is nasty. Yeah. 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 I don't remember any of it.
1: (laughs) I don't remember a single rep.
0: Yeah. You know, you're in the zone pain. So that where can intensity take you? Well, when you have the ability to tap into that and utilize that and make it your friend, make it your ally, make it something that pushes you further towards your goal. That doesn't just stop in the gym. Like, no, I'm not out. I'm not out walking fucking Peyton tapping into my dark place, like attacking people (laughs) around me. Jesus Christ. I'd be in jail. Yeah. But there's an element of that that comes out when you're talking to a new client, Mm -hmm. when you're responding to a client, you need to kick him in the ass. When you need to be really fucking truthful with a friend or a partner Like there's an element of that dark place that comes in. Mm -hmm. It's not just training. It's about trust. It's about communication. It's about being extremely comfortable with yourself. Like you have to be, you know, in order to have that dark place. And now you're exhibiting that into other areas of your life. It's about waking up and not really feeling like working. I mean, today, you know, you wake up and it's Easter. I'm not a huge Easter guy. Not really something I celebrate a ton of, but it's an excuse to not work. Mm -hmm. And all my clients, you know, they're sending their checking, Oh, you know, don't, don't worry about responding. Like, I know it's easy and shit. Yeah. It's about saying, fuck that. Yeah, like, yeah, you got yeah. work to do. Yeah. Like You got a business to grow. You got people to you got people to make proud. You got people to push further. When I was running college track, man, I was so angry this day. I showed up to a meet. I had to run the 800 meter dash. Mm-hmm. That's two fucking laps. <laughs> fuck that. Yeah. Honestly, looking back, fuck, fuck the 400 too. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was usually a two and a 400 meter runner. It wasn't any good, but I tried really hard. So I ran the 800 meter dash and dude, I remember trucking down the final 100 of that. And dude, I ran a pretty fucking solid time, you know, for someone who never run it before. I ran, I ran a really, really, really good time. But coach Schneer was the head coach at UC. He was a head coach at UC for like 30 or 40 years, dude. He was there forever. This was his last year before he retired. I ran the race. I finished and he came up to me, keeled over on the track like feeling like I need the ambulance. And he said, well, Justin, you did pretty good for 796 meters. But what happened <laughs> the last four? And I was like, what? And he's like, you stop short. Let me tell you right now. This is how he talked. He's like, you stop short. Let me tell you right now. If you can't give me 800 meters of sprinting in an 800 meter dash contest, then I'm not going to give you any percentage of my energy and effort. Oh my God. He's like, when you're on my track, don't let me ever see that again. And I was like, oh, oh fuck. I was (laughs) a freshman dude. (laughs) What happened?
1: Did you like just not finish the fully or did you slow down? Yeah.
0: He felt that I slowed down at the end because the finish line was right there. Yeah. So you pulled back a little bit. So I pulled back a little Mm -hmm. bit. But he was right. Yep. And how I was doing that was how I was doing everything. Mm -hmm. I was a C student across the board in college outside of anatomy and physiology. And of course I got A pluses in those. They just fucking work with my brain. Mm -hmm. I was a C student. I was leading girls on, multiple girls on. I was a very average friend. I was living more for the social endeavors of college than I was living for success. How I was doing that was how I was doing everything. I wasn't being a very good son to my mom. I, I wasn't saying thank you when she transferred money into my bank account or when she picked up my, my computer, or when she made sure I was doing okay, made sure that I had food on the table, everything. I was everything I was doing was 796 meters. Mm-hmm. Nothing I was doing was 800 meters.
1: You know your how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mine is you can't don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, I
0: love I love that so much. Yeah, it's full focus, full focus. Yeah, and it's whatever task is directly in front of you. Mm-hmm. All I had to do was one more sprint step. Yeah, one stride. I, <laughs> I just took a little jog step. Yeah, and I pulled up. And I didn't stay locked in. Mm -hmm. I didn't see it all the way through. And no, this makes no difference in placing. It makes point. It makes hundreds of a seconds of differential in time. Yeah. But coach Schneer was trying to teach me how to be a fucking man. Mm -hmm. I was an 18 year old little boy from a little town where I was the massive fish in a super small pond. And he was trying to pull that out of me. Mm -hmm. Most of my teammates were from the Cincinnati area. That's a huge city, yeah. and they were staying out in the Cincinnati area. He was trying to show me where my ego actually lies. He was trying to show me how much growth I have to give. Mm. It's not about times with coach Schneer. It's about, are you developing as a fucking human being? And yeah. I forever appreciate him for that. And at the time we weren't speaking the same language. So he didn't like me very much. I didn't like him very much, mm-hmm. but now looking back, you know, that was a very, that, that, that was a very uh, much so a transitional phase for me Yeah, because I realized so much from Coach Sneer telling me, don't be on my track not give me 800 meters Mm -hmm. that's how i feel that's how i run my clients yeah don't be on my fucking roster and give me 98 percent. yeah the fuck i'm gonna do with that don't leave one rep in the tank yeah fuck i'm gonna do with that how you do one thing is how you're doing everything if you're someone who you pull up at the finish line if you're someone you've got projects in a huge group that you need to fucking get done before you can finalize a huge contract for your company you're not holding up your end of the bargain or fuck if you're not leading that project there's a There's a massive, massive growth potential for you there. You need to be the one leading that shit. You need to be the one stepping up, making your vision clear, making sure everyone, keep people accountable, but you have to be able to hold yourself accountable first. If you're not perfect, how the fuck can you talk to anybody else?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. My goals be perfect every single day on days. I'm not I don't sleep very well that night. Yeah. I sleep pretty poor yeah. <laughs> actually, because it bothers you. It really fucks you. How are you doing one thing? how how you doing everything. Then you start assessing, oh fuck, what else am I slacking on? Yeah. You know, it's wild when I have these realizations that I, maybe I've only been 98% because no one's hundred percent all the time. Like we talked about, if I've only been 98%, I notice all of a sudden there's this list that mm-hmm. I could have done so much better. Look, like it grows. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not just one thing. It throws me off. Yeah. So yeah. then I just sit there thinking about it exactly. and how can I correct it? And you yep. know what fucking sucks? You can't reverse time, dude. You don't get that shit back. <laughs> yeah. You only get that one opportunity. Yep. And Yeah. Opportunities keep coming. Of course, opportunities keep coming. But if you always look at the next opportunity, you're never fully seizing The one that's right directly in front of you. And that one right directly in front of you, that's probably the one that's going to change your fucking life. Mm-hmm. Talked about karma. Remember we talked about karma. Mm hmm. And we talked about how like things with the business just happen so smoothly now because, you know, the five of us and my coaches have put so much into this. Yeah, we go so hard for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the opportunities keep coming, but we don't have the same opportunities because we haven't put the same work in. Your opportunities are just responding and reflecting on what you've put out there. Yeah. If you're putting out there that you're only an 80 percenter, that every opportunity is going to get less, less, less. You're not capitalizing on a single one of them. just let them float by well tomorrow there's going to be another one tomorrow there is how the fuck you know you're gonna wake up tomorrow yeah fuck that dude like i this might be really abrasive for some of you but i always think about this i could drive downtown right now for this podcast get in a car accident and i never have a chance to make shit up Mm -hmm. to, to people who i fucked up yeah. Or the things that I didn't give a hundred percent to. And when you really fucking realize that shit is really fucking true, cause you don't know when it's you. And this doesn't need to be as serious as life or death. I make it that serious. I'm an intense Dude, motherfucker. For
1: me, I told Savannah this for yeah. me. It's always like, if I get too stressed out yeah. because my family has heart problems, I'm yeah. always afraid I'm going to have a heart attack in like
0: my mid thirties. And you never know when it's going to happen. Yeah. There's only so much. you can. It's a ridiculous thought quite it frankly, is. but it's it definitely is. keep, it keeps you in line. I mean, what are the odds of actually that happening? Yeah. But it has to, to somebody yeah someone's got to be great today someone's got to get the shorthand of the stick today too yeah you never know when it's you and i can't go out i cannot go out whatever the fuck happens after life i can't be there and be okay with my eternal self. If I went out with less than extreme intensity, I gave that 800 meter run Mm -hmm. 802 meters. Mm -hmm. That's how I need to go. I I, I can't accept less than that. And I know Scott can't accept less than that. And when you get to that point where fuck dude, I can't let myself (laughs) down. It changes everything.
1: I know this is serious, but I had a funny thought. Yeah. So it's kind of like a golf swing.
0: Yeah, it is kind of do a golf swing. Right.
1: Huh? Maybe we were talking about like uh, if you follow through with your swing, yeah. it pushes it out and yeah. the ball goes further. Absolutely. If you half-ass through your swing, you're, yeah. you like you just chank it to yeah. the side. Yeah, like, that's so true. As simple <laughs> as that is. and It <laughs> is
0: just like, oh, see how you do one thing, so yeah, you do everything. Exactly. Isn't that amazing? So... The confidence of conquering training is a vastly overlooked variable here. When you go into the gym and you go so fucking hard, you have six sets in front of you and you make these six sets to all out brutal failure. Absolute intensity. Everything you lay on the line. Dude, that's the hardest thing you're going to deal with that day. And every day you leave the gym when you lay it all on the line and you leave it all there it's only going to get easier mm-hmm. your days. You can handle anything at that point. I've never met someone who's a mental peanut who goes into the gym and actually trains the way I'm talking about. They, they don't exist.
1: Mine shifted when I started training yeah. more like, well, with you guys, obviously, yeah. but more in the mindset um, of just pushing, pushing, pushing. Yeah. Like I remember we were, you and I had a conversation about I was probably doing too much volume. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't pushing the weight hard enough yep. and like really hitting failure. Yeah. And when that shifted, I noticed that my strength went up, my size yep. went up, my weight went up.
0: I ate everything. But even after that, I felt like a superhero. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, Every day that you're in there training like that, there's another mental level you achieve as long as you push out to that place. You know, yeah, we talk about the physical thresholds and pushing that that adaptation response and the minimum um, adaptive threshold you have to meet in the gym. Well, there's the same thing with your mind as well. Mm -hmm. Every single day, there's a minimum stimulation that you have to force in your mind that makes it grow. It's always responding to the data you're giving it. It's growing or it's shrinking. There's no staying the same. does not happen it doesn't exist anywhere in life staying the same doesn't happen and it doesn't exist you're growing or you're dying literally that's literally what happens so which side are you going to be on? Are you going to be in there taking these sets to an extreme place, forcing physical adaptation? But more importantly, and in line with what we're talking about today, are you pushing mental adaptation? Because if you go in the gym and you absolutely dominate, you're dominated everywhere in your life. That's the hardest thing that you're going to be doing. It's the hardest thing you have to conquer. It's a mental, spiritual and physical complete drain. What else is that? What else gives you all three phases and just fucks them up? Mm-hmm. There's nothing else. You're pushing all of them. I truly believe I've told you this before. I talked about this way before we did. We started this podcast. Mm. I can see someone training. I know everything about yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything about them. Yep. If I watch you in the gym and you leave these reps in reserve when like you have more in there. Oh, I know everything I need to know. Mm hmm. If it's an attractive female that I had my eye on, this has happened before. I'm not. A, I'm not interested anymore. Really? Absolutely. It's that big of a deal. Interesting. It, it's not about the. It's not about the gym performance. Yeah.
1: Dude, for me, it's like drive. Exactly. Same idea. Same concept. Yeah. have The drive to do something more. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're showing us all in real time mm-hmm. who you are as a person through what your actions are with your health and your fitness and your and, and the rate of progress that mm-hmm. you have there. Mm-hmm. And that's completely controlled and dictated by you. Persistence. Man, people who are training like this every fucking day. You're probably not shitting the bed with your diet. You're probably not shitting the bed with your recovery. The persistence behind this is absolutely unbelievable. Let me tell you, the most... Life-changing people that have come into my life have taken extreme persistence from me to get to know, to get to understand, to get close to, to have an extremely special connection with. The persistence aspect from that, that you learn from training, from taking your sets to these places. You can't learn that anywhere else. It's the persistence of being fucking great. What does it take? Because anything worth having, you're not just going to be able to walk right up to it and say, hey, you're mine. And then all of a sudden it's yours. Yeah. Like you have to keep chipping and chipping and chipping and chipping and chipping and chipping. I know every single one of you has seen that meme that's been shared way too many times. But every time it gets shared, I always fucking reshare it on my story. And the one miner gave up when the gold was like five hits away. And the other miners like five hits away and he's still fucking chipping. That's persistence right there. And that's exactly what happens and what you learn from just understanding and being able to channel intensity. How do we practice intensity? Well, honestly, I think an easy way to practice is in the gym. Yeah. Like don't stop your set until like your body, till the action, till the muscle fibers that you are targeting, give up, do not stop your set. Then see how you feel.
1: I would say if you want to if you want to practice intensity, like you're saying, the gym is a safe place. Honestly, very safe
0: like, place. If you yeah. don't want
1: to do it at work, if you yeah. don't want to do it at home or anything and you're alone and you go to train by yourself at the gym yeah. after work, maybe. Yeah. Just try it there.
0: Yeah. Just I try mean, it out. And then from there, you're going to gain confidence. Yeah. You're going to gain so much confidence. And it'll start to bleed over a little bit. And then it bleeds over into there's someone you work with. You don't know, like the way they talk to you, but you've never said anything. Tell them about it. It bleeds over to your relationship. Maybe there's something going on you don't enjoy. You don't appreciate, but you haven't brought it up because you don't think it's a big enough deal. Talk about it. Now, all of a sudden, everywhere in your life, you're being extremely intense. Attack everything head on. Everything you're doing now is just you're in attack mode. Mm -hmm. And the easiest and safest place to learn, like Scott said, it's in the gym. It's under the iron. Mm-hmm. you're by yourself you got your music in it's you and your thoughts you can assess and adapt everything you're doing to what you're feeling
1: and, and no one's judging and you No in either one because the other guy, guy, guy is out. doing it too yeah
0: exactly yeah no one gives a shit about you if anything you're impacting and inspiring people around you to work harder it all starts right there if you're taking your sets to failure I bet you you can tell that person that you work with to talk to you a little bit different if you're taking your sets to failure I bet you have the balls to leave a toxic relationship if you're taking your sets of failure I bet you you're gonna have a backbone that you've never fucking had before and you're gonna have a you're gonna have an iron spine that you just can't be broken if you're leaving Reps in reserve I bet you your life reflects that
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's not a shot that's not a that's not I'm just telling you I've been around this a long time and I've seen both ends of the spectrum yeah and the people that are the most impressive fucking humans are the ones that are able to push it. And really make something happen. Mm -hmm. Those are the most impressive people. The more passive people, they're always kind of stuck in the cycle. Their physique never improves much. Their life never really improves much. Their knowledge never really improves much. They're just like stuck here. And they're just like doing it. You know that
1: saying misery loves company. Yeah. I think complacency loves company.
0: Complacency really enjoys company. Yeah. So Going back to the Instagram comments, look at the people who comment stupid shit on my posts. Mm-hmm. They all have something in common. You scroll back, they've looked the same forever. They're all very average with their performance. Mm-hmm. It looks like they have extremely average lives. There's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with it is the mentality that you carry it with.
1: Yeah. Well, they're bringing that negative. Yeah. They're, they're deciding to channel negativity. Exactly. toward you.
0: Towards someone who's trying to push and elevate. And yeah. And, I mean, yeah. I mean, I try to fucking inspire people. Like, that's yeah. my fucking goal here. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't make these posts and do this content and make this cranky podcast for, for <laughs> yeah for you to not fucking feel anything. For real. <laughs> and there, there, there's vast, vast similarities amongst the people who are doing everything with all that they have to give to it. What's your focus when you're in the gym? What's your focus when you're? in bed with your partner. What's your focus when you're at your job? Is your focus the completion or is your focus intent? Assess yourself. Just think about it. Just Have an open conversation with yourself about it. If you can't have an open conversation with yourself about it, this podcast isn't the best to listen to. When you're in bed with your partner, do you just want to get the job done for you both or do you want to do it with the intent of pushing your relationship further? Think about that. That's an people, interesting yeah, thought. People are thinking about it. Yeah. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. That is, I think that's a very sacred and safe place for folks to assess, even though it makes them feel very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. which is okay. Like Scott knows, I, I, I'm a very sexual being. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, um, in if yeah. you will, sure. with, that's just how I am. I'm obsessed with it. Too like learning about it. Yeah, the psychology. Actually, what got me into the psych minor? Mm-hmm. What part? A huge part of it was athlete mentality. A huge part of it was sexual mentality. Okay, I think it's fascinating. Like we as beings, like Dude, why do we do? Yeah. What we do because of the yeah. sex. Yeah, I think it's fascinating understanding how men and women function so fucking differently. It is interesting. Yeah. And like, man, when you really think about it, it is so amazing to like come together in a sexual environment with where both beings just talking about men and women have their own agendas. Yeah. That we can only control so much of Mm -hmm. due to. You know, I'm 26. I've, I've been here 26 years. Mankind has been here thousands and thousands and thousands of years. It's mm-hmm. only so much we have to control there. Yeah, but two beings can come together, and both can have a perfect experience. Mm-hmm. But it's only if you're practicing with intent. The only way you can build a super physiological physique, it's not by completing workouts. It's by having intention filled workouts. The only way to become the CEO of a company is not by completing your daily tasks. It's by having extreme intent behind all of the tasks that you do. So the way that you're fucking your partner that's the way your fucking life too. So does that make you feel comfortable? Does that make you feel uncomfortable? Do you want to assess and adapt? I feel pretty solid. Enough. I wish
1: I could make that the title of the podcast. <laughs> can, we? can we? I don't think we can. <laughs> Damn
0: it. <laughs> All of a oh, sudden shit. Apple fucking bans us from the podcast platform, but it's extremely true. Intensity takes practice. This is something that you need to assess internally with yourself. Maybe through your daily meditation after you listen to our med- our episode that covered the meditation. Maybe that's how you learn it, but think about it, assess it, adapt yourself to it. And how much harder can I go? How much further can I go with this? Man, you know, I love talking about competition, (sighs) Mm -hmm. especially right now. Like there's no sports on. Yeah. You're missing sports. You're missing missing the stage, you everything. I am losing it. Usually I'm balls deep in bodybuilding Mm -hmm. right now because there's clients that compete every weekend usually the NBA playoffs are coming usually there's spring practice football going on yeah usually major league baseball started today's fucking Master Sunday. Oh, my God. Is it really? And Tiger Woods is going to have his red <laughs> fucking shirt on. And I was going to be tuned in like this motherfucker's coming. You oh, need some competition. You better be ready, <laughs> dude. And there's nothing. It's me playing against fucking the computer or David on NBA 2K. Yeah, right. And I'm fucking sick of that being my only competitive outlet. <laughs> How does intensity translate to competition? You guys need to understand. You guys need to understand. And if this offends you, you need to look internally because it ain't my fault. Everything we are doing and experiencing as human beings is a fucking competition. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You apply for a job, there's a hundred other applicants. You talk to a pretty girl, there's a hundred other people doing it too. You hit a new PR, there's a hundred other people who hit that as well. You want to buy that house, while there's fifty other people looking at the house. Everything in life is a competition, and let me tell you. There is an anti-competition crowd out there who wants to let everyone feel safe and secure after any competitive event, and those people are fucking losing. Dude, those are the everybody They're, gets a trophy dude, people. Yeah, the partition, the Fuck participation that. trophy, they piss me off so bad I can't even talk about. Dude, it. If I, suck, it, if I right. suck
1: at something, I want to know I'm a loser.
0: Man, you better tell me I yeah. suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: what? How am the I gonna get
0: better, dude? My I used to be terrible at baseball.
1: Dude, that's this is the thing that I don't like about this. Yeah, is that. You're afraid to tell me I'm bad because you're afraid it's going to hurt my feelings. Yeah. But
0: internally, how am I going to get better if I don't know I'm bad? Exactly. So now you're just harvesting complacency. Yeah. And like, oh, I got not need to practice. dude. So I stuck to baseball yep. and I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, What age do you start playing T-ball? Like five or six? Something like so that. So from like five or six to like 10, I was not very good. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to be so bad. Like I loved baseball. Yeah. And you know what? My mom and dad told me. I remember my dad, we left a game one day. And my dad's like, man, when's the last time you got a hit? <laughs> and I was like fuck man I couldn't tell him yeah and my mom told me like mate, like you know she this is a separate time I remember she said seems like you walked a lot of people tonight I wanted to be a pitcher and it seemed like you walked a lot.' and I got pulled I was like an inning yeah because I was walking everybody like I just wasn't I, did, I didn't <laughs> have a sauce dude yeah it was yeah. just bad yeah man like, my parents telling me that made me practice really hard. Mm-hmm. Guess what happened when I was 11, 12, and 13? I was a motherfucking baller. Yeah, I was the best player on my team. I was nasty. Mm-hmm. I was a starting pitcher. When I wasn't pitching, I was a shortstop or the third baseman. I batted third, fourth, or leadoff because I was always getting fucking hits. Dude, I worked my dick off for yeah. that because yeah. I wanted it so bad. Yep, I got really fucking burnt out on it. Sure. But mission accomplished.
1: I mean, look at this
0: podcast. Yeah, exactly. Why would we not want to be the best podcast? Like Scott tells me earlier in the week that we were up to like twenty something in the rankings. And I was like, I want to be number one. Like, why wouldn't you want to be? Yeah. Like, if I you're want doing to be it. Number one. And like if you guys keep sharing us, promoting us, doing all the things you guys well, are, you know, we'll be able to get there. It,
1: to me, here's the thing is wanting wanting to be number one at anything is not selfish. No it's a drive to be better. For instance, the betterness of like the, the good thing about being number one in the podcast is you reach more people.
0: Therefore you have yeah. more people. And like we wouldn't do this podcast. We didn't think we had an elite message to send. Yeah. Like I think more people listen, the more people are fucking impacted, more people yeah. are impacted. Maybe the more like-minded to myself people are. And yeah, you might think my mentality is wrong. That's Okay. I hope you don't get in competition with me anytime soon because I'm going (laughs) to bury you. You might never be found again. Yeah. But you might not enjoy my mentality. And there's a lot of people who don't. You know, it hits them the wrong way or, you know, it strikes a chord and stuff. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But if we put our achievements next to one another, and mine aren't very long. I mean, I don't consider my achievements that great or like holy, and I bet you they shit on yours. Yeah. And I bet you anyone listening to this podcast that has a similar mentality. I bet you they don't think their achievements are all that in a bag of chips. But I bet you there's a lot of people who aren't willing to do the work put in mm-hmm. to those achievements. who would love to have those fucking achievements. Mm-hmm. So the way that you view competition is extremely important. So look at the let's look at the food chain. Out in the jungle. Hey, remember that one time that really smart dude said, if you can't get through the jungle, you don't deserve to be on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> if we're out in the wild, you're an Impala. <laughs> I'm a lion.
1: You're dead.
0: One of us is going to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me tell <laughs> you're you. You're going to die. <laughs> let me tell you. Don't let that be the case. like competitiveness is everywhere. When you think of intensity, do you think of a lion or do you think of an Impala? So when you think of intensity and you apply it to yourself and you force yourself to look internally at your own measures of intensity, are you more inclined to be a lion or an impala? Mm -hmm. One of them, you're going to win far more often than you're losing. And again, this isn't like an actual score. You're not, it could be, you know, it likely will be if you have this mentality, there's just winning anything. Mm -hmm. It's something as small as, fuck getting a 25 cent raise like fuck you want something
1: for me it's always can i beat myself yesterday
0: yeah yeah absolutely and that's like the measure of progressive overload with your with your mind that you play with yourself there is a distinct food chain in the world and man if you're listening to this podcast how cool is it that we're standing on top of it so don't let that fucking opportunity just go to waste. Because mm-hmm. man, I bet if an impala had any sort of emotional thinking capacity whatsoever, they'd be looking at humans. I man, I'd much rather be that. Yeah. Oh shit, gotta go. There's a <laughs> lion.
1: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, dude, you were born into being the greatest fucking specimen on the earth. Yeah. Don't fucking waste that belittling yourself, belittling your mind by being a passive person. That gets you literally nothing but stepped on. If you feel like you constantly get stepped on, played, or overlooked, it's probably because you're not fucking assertive enough. And assertiveness comes from extreme intensity and mm-hmm. extreme confidence. Where does confidence come from? Go find me someone who's confident and passive. Can you think of anyone off the top of your head that's confident and passive? I can't. No. You guys listening, can you guys think of anyone? Please let me know because you're not going to find anybody because it doesn't exist. So if you internally, people think that the world is happening to them and what they don't understand is that all that's happening to them is a culmination of what they've built and done for themselves, how far they've pushed themselves and the things that they've put out into the world are just being returned to you. Mm -hmm. The world's not happening to you. You're happening to yourself. And as soon as you get out of your own fucking way, you decide to operate with a level of uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But a level of a, a level of being an intense fucking human, man, shit changes, dude.
1: It seems like with this, with the conversation of intensity, we seem as normally just to avoid the hard stuff. Oh, absolutely, because it's complacency, comfort, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Less about complacency, more about comfort. Yeah, and it's like the hard things. It feels really good when you get them done. It does. And it feels great when you accomplish it. And you're like, yeah. yeah, I conquered that mountain. Yeah, but man. Getting to start doing it is so Uh, much harder. It's
0: like diving into extreme levels of uncomfort. And we've talked about this on here. When's the last time you grew from something that was extremely comfortable for you? Mm -hmm. You know, we were talking to the Lipton's about this. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're trying to get them to move down to Austin right now, configure how this can work. And, you know, like they're gung-ho about it. Like they're ready to go. But there's also a level of uncomfort. They're like, fuck, is this going to work? Yeah. Well, shit, you got no idea until it happens, till you dive in.
1: Because yeah.
0: guess what's going to happen with people who have this mentality that I'm talking about? You're going to find out a motherfucking way. Mm-hmm. You never have a thing to worry about. Like, how many people lost their job from the coronavirus pandemic that swept through and forced everything to shut down? It's, it was amazing to see not a single one of my elite athletes mm-hmm. quit, stop training, a lot of them lost their jobs. A lot of everyone lost their jobs.
1: Yeah.
0: Everyone who quit my roster was someone who wasn't ever, they, they never held themselves to the elite standard. Okay. The correlation between that, I didn't think I was going to share it on the podcast because yeah. it's harsh, yeah. but it's reality. And I don't give a shit. I'm here yeah. to talk about reality. I'm yeah. here to impact people. Think about that. All these people lost their jobs. And there's one group that holds himself to a standard of whatever the fuck it takes to improve as a human right now, mm-hmm. I have to do. These are the elite people. These are the people that I never have to ask them if they're hitting protocol. Mm-hmm. These are the people that don't lie to me in their check-ins. These are the people that hold themselves to a standard that I don't have to ever babysit them at all. Mm-hmm. Everyone who dropped off was someone who I can say they were never executing over 90%. Wow. They were lower than that. Yeah. Everyone who dropped off was someone who doesn't hold themselves. I believe that though. I do. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Megan and I were looking at the cancellations versus the other, you know, people. I made Mm -hmm. a list of everyone who's in financial hardships right now. Sure. Who shared that with me. Mm -hmm. So we're going to look out for y'all. Yeah. And I had a client step up and send out three $100 Visa gift cards yesterday to three clients who are financially struggling pretty bad right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Are sticking or hanging out in there. Yeah. You know, paying me the what they, I mean, they're all paying me over $300 a month. Premium. Yeah. They're all paying me that. And they didn't quit because it's not a fucking option. Because yeah. you understand you're on the best goddamn team there is yep. with someone who expects nothing but fucking elite from you and who holds you to that standard. You, should you should just adapt. That's all you do. It'd Be adaptable. What if, okay. Because, real quick, yeah. The elite people who lost their jobs. They don't believe the world's happening to them. Mm-hmm. They believe that tomorrow there's a new opportunity. And guess what? All of them have every single one of them, every single one of those clients mm-hmm. found a new opportunity. Yeah. The other people, the same can't be said.
1: Dude, I the, you brought up the Liptons. That's yeah. their prime example of this. They're prime example. They're literally making the slosh pipes. Yeah. Kenny made. Boston some PVC pipe, put yeah. sand in it yeah. to make it weigh the same as a barbell. Yep.
0: Like they're getting so creative. Yeah. They're adapting. Because it's not a choice to not fucking be elite. You have to. It's the, it's the standard you hold for yourself. Yeah. And so, you know, when things were getting tough, dude, we had a lot of, I mean, we had a roster of almost 500 clients. We had a lot of drop off. Mm-hmm. We had like an 8% drop off, but across the full team Haley roster, not a single person. Who's identified as one of our perfect clients, one of our elite people, Mm -hmm. not a single one of them's gone. That's awesome. That right there shows me everything I needed to know. And, you know, we go into these podcasts completely improv. Yep. I have notes. Yeah. I have some notes here. But you wrote those, what, like two minutes before we started? So Scott got here about, he got here about four o'clock. Yep. It's about 523 right now. He got here four o'clock and I was like, dude, I haven't had time to think about the podcast today. And he says to me, what's something that you've been dealing with with clients recently? And I started thinking about it. And I thought about how do I get the message across of elite mentalities and Mm -hmm. like what that is and what that looks like. And I don't think there's any better way than the extreme anecdote we have in front of us. A fucking pandemic swept through the the world. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I don't have a single elite person who I've had to pull off the ledge. Yeah. Who left? Who gave up? Who just threw in the towel? This is too much. It goes back to ego strength. Mm-hmm. These people are adaptable. Yeah, Weak ego. Uh, people without ego strength, they throw in the towel. Mm-hmm. It's almost like all these podcasts signed together.
1: That's, it's almost I was like just about all mentality. That. Like, man, if you listen to this shit right in a row, it kind of all feeds off one
0: another. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. And we plan none of this, no, dude. <laughs> but it's just like how
1: it, its how you should go about a lot of things, honestly. It and and and, and I it all can't, work get, together.
0: Yeah. And I can't get the message across enough. And it's like, dude, yeah. I see y'all sharing our shit. Yeah. I see y'all the messages y'all sending me. Yeah. Like, dude, this shit's changing people. Yeah. So we're gonna keep fucking talking about it because I have a unique position. I've worked with well over 2000 people. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of average. I've seen a lot of below average. I've yeah. seen a lot of very good. Yeah. And I have seen a lot of elite. And let me tell you, the shit looks different. When I was back in the NFL with the Bengals, guess what? The players who made the pro bowl, guess what they were doing? They were going harder than everybody else. Yeah. The players who were getting a hundred million dollar contracts, guess what they were doing? Going harder than everybody else. Yep. The, all the way back to University of Cincinnati when I was there, the players getting drafted into the NBA, guess what they did? You can answer that yourself. Now onto competition prep and lifestyle coaching. The clients you see on my Instagram, those motherfuckers hold themselves to this standard that most people can't relate to. Yeah, And I'm lucky that I attract a lot of them to my roster.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm extremely fortunate for that. They're the ones who set the precedent. They're the ones who when y'all reach out to me, it's cause you saw someone really fucking elite doing elite shit. Mm-hmm. If you're not an elite person, don't reach out to me. because you're not going to waste my time. I'll fucking waste my time. Mm-hmm. I get angry. I don't want my time wasted. Yeah. You come with me. You've been with me eight weeks and nothing's changed. I can, I can promise you. Nothing's wrong with the formula. I I promise you the formula is really good. Yeah. We need to look at what's up now. You know, if we have blood work, things that are off and stuff like that, uh, it's also not going to take eight weeks to configure. But if we're like in a health phase, you start with me and we're eight weeks into a health phase. We're not going to have much physique progress. But man, I bet you're going to be feeling a lot better. Yeah. So. I want you to ask yourself some things right now. Are you going through the motions or are you fucking stepping on the throat of everyone who you encounter, who's even a slight threat to you? Are you the one stepping up to the plate and ripping the pitcher's soul out of his fucking body? Or are you the one in the dugout watching it happen? You either want to get that huge deal done at work or you don't want to get the huge deal done at work. Where are you on the food chain? Are you leading the charge? Or are you just another person in the crowd with your fingers crossed hoping it gets done? You're either scared to fail or you're scared to succeed. There's no in-between. You can't be scared of saying the same, saying the same doesn't exist. Are you too scared to succeed for you to give your all into that element of success? You might be because Scott and I can tell you that shit's fucking scary, dude. Mm -hmm. Failing is a whole lot easier. And that's the road that's far more traveled. And that's the road where even most of you listening to this podcast, you're going to fall. But you make the decision. Out of those of you listening to this podcast, which road are you going to go down? Because let me tell you, in that one road, and the road that sounds really fucking good in theory, man, you better have a helmet and all. You better be buckled the fuck in. Cause that is a beast right there. If you if
1: you could summarize intensity into one sentence definition, what would it
0: be? Man, this one's tough. The strength of an individual's mental performance. Instability stability throughout a varying throughout, throughout a variety of life challenges that might be assertiveness, effort, um, focus, persistence mm-hmm. might be competition, arousal, mm-hmm. all of these things you either are, or you aren't. You're not just intense in bed and then passive in the streets. Mm-hmm. You know That's mm-hmm. not how that works. Yeah, You're not just intense in game seven of the NBA finals and then you're extremely passive with your business approach. To summarize intensity even lesser, how fucking hard can you go until you fucking quit? Don't let yourself quit. That's how, that's how you find out how intense you are. The next guy is not going to quit. Next guy is not going to quit. I can promise you that. Yeah. The next guy is not leaving reps. in If if two dudes get in the fight in the street yeah. and one leaves two reps in the tank every single set. Yeah. And the other one takes that bitch to failure. Yeah. I'm going to put everything I own into the motherfucker who's taking the sets to a really fucking dark place.
1: Yeah. Well, who was that UFC fight we watched that was the giant bald dude?
0: God, what were their names? oh no, fucking uh, jo- Um, that was the boxing match, the boxing, that was sorry, uh, yeah. the gypsy. Um, what the fuck's his name? in and uh, John, god. um, god dang it, Deontay Wilder and uh, Wilder, De- Deon, and uh, Fury, Fury, Tyson, Tyson Fury. Fury, um, yeah,
1: dude, Fury. The he's a great example of that, too. Yeah, he is because the first fight they had they always thought he was down 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 he kept getting up yeah and this time he goes i'm not going down
0: dude he knocked yeah that was a perfect example yeah that was a very perfect example you saw complacency and you saw someone who wanted to kill another man Mm -hmm. and you know we're not saying you to go out please do not (laughs) go out try to kill other men highly don't recommend (laughs) definitely don't recommend you did not hear that here but it's the mentality behind that and how you how you apply that to your life we love doing these podcasts for you guys and we love the impact they have. We love when you share them. We love when you tag us in them. Mm-hmm. We love when you tell your friends about them. But these podcasts have a purpose. It's not just like for ratings or to go up in the ranking and all that stuff. Meet when Scott and I started this podcast. Did I ever m- once mention a ranking or like, you no. have a goal?
1: No, I literally got an email from it was an it was an ad. Yeah, it was a marketing campaign ad. Yeah, That said, hey, grow and podcast you guys rank number 20 in fitness. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, that's cool. Yeah. So I texted you.
0: <laughs> yeah. You texted me. And now, you know, now we like have ways so we can like see exactly yeah. where we're at and shit. Yeah. And so you guys are the ones making this. My message is very simple and clear and concise here. I just want to help you. So in any way we can help you make sure that we understand what we can do to further push you along in your journey of fitness and life and everything. Honestly, when we started this, I thought I was going to talk more about bodybuilding and fitness. And I am, I am. It's just right now we kind of have this series of mentality going that I think you guys need to understand before we get anywhere else, because I can talk about everything fitness related and I can talk about it to your fucking ears fall off. But if you don't understand the mentality it takes to achieve anything, then what good does it do?
1: Yeah, and sometimes you need to hear it multiple yeah. times in yeah. multiple variations.
0: You do. And and so I th- I think we're doing a decent job. I think so. I, I think, think this is are. a perfect way to prime somebody it is. to get back in the gym when it opens. Yeah. Oh my god, you guys are going to be fucking ready. You guys are going to be lions amongst a bunch of fucking gazelle when that gym door opens yep. again. <laughs> I can promise yeah. you you're going to fucking you're going to be at the buffet. It's going to be fantastic. So, As always, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, It's Easter Sunday. So by the time you guys hear this, it will be Monday. But we hope you're having an awesome Easter. Um, We hope that the current situations aren't completely ruining everything for your holiday. Um, Hang in there. Stay tough. Be fucking intense. Understand that your entire life will change the minute you start practicing. Next time we see you guys, it's going to be episode 15. And that's really fucking cool. So we'll see you all again Wednesday. Peace.